Hiya team, welcome back to the Booyacast. It is your host James Rankin. Before we get stuck into things today, I've got a couple of announcements for you. Firstly, our internship applications are still open. They are closing tomorrow, Friday the 24th of September. Interviews are ongoing and will continue to happen until we find a successful applicant. Secondly team, we have our competition ongoing until Monday the 27th of September. This is a chance for three of you to win a free three-month membership. What a tongue twister. Three months, completely free, at CrossFit Bua. All you have to do is follow the instructions on our Instagram post. It is the hilarious post with Gillian, Christopher and Jack. That's enough of the announcements. On to the show then. Myself and Jamie sat down this week. We were talking all about Jamie's journey through business, how he's gone from coaching one-to-one clients the whole way along to where he is now owning and running three gyms and how he's dealt with adversity and everything in between. This is probably my favourite conversation that I've had with Jamie so far. Um, It was really good to see how he has handled all these scenarios throughout the years and, and he actually gave some advice towards his younger self and any aspiring gym owners on what they should do going forward. As always, team, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend, share it on social media, follow us or subscribe on your chosen platform and give us a five-star rating that only helps the show grow. This week, we did actually record the show in Santry during 9.30 class. So throughout the show, there are spells where you can hear the background music and the coach taking class. We apologize if this interferes with the quality of the show. Hopefully it doesn't spoil it too much for you. Enjoy the show. Why did you set up a gym in the first place? Well, the first gym. Your first gym. Uh, Simple enough, I was renting space in a gym, like a traditional gym and doing CrossFit with clients in there for years. And we were becoming more and more of a nuisance, to be honest with you, <laughs> with small groups out in the middle of a regular gym floor, pulled every bit of equipment Those out. Those darn CrossFitters. Yeah, yeah, like hitting, actually like bringing intensity out onto the floor, people shouting at each other. It just didn't fit, but that's what we did because it worked. And um, it was really <laughs> annoying for everyone else, but it was really annoying for us as well because the, the equipment wasn't right equipment yeah. you know like if you're doing pull-ups you're doing on that assisted pull-up thing with the knees and all that oh yeah you know like it just didn't make sense um the, the barbells weren't made for there wasn't bumper plates yeah. so uh as you know you just go along and you're doing your best and as it grows because people were seeing it people were asking more about it so it's getting busier and i said I really need to build a facility around the training because at the moment I'm building the training around the facility yeah. and it was compromised. So I said, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just build a facility to make sure that the training is top priority? And that was why. Um, it was always a bit of a, like, honestly, it was a dream of mine from the very the very start. Yeah. I trained with a guy really early. Um, I, I coached really early in my 20s. In my twenties, I was uh, like when I turned twenty, I started coaching, and then wow. um, I was doing that in a place with a guy who was a real like he was an entrepreneur. He wanted to go and take over the world, and he was a bit of an inspiration because he showed that he was a guy who has his teaching skills, and he can just build a business for himself and there's nothing in his way. So for me, it was like okay, well if he can do it, I can do it at some point. So it got to a, just a stage where I was in my 30s and I said, it's, it's, it's time, I'm ready for it. I don't have the money and I don't have the know-how, but I'm just going to dive in and see what happens. Deadly. So is that your goal then with the gym, take over the world? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably was at one point, yeah. you know, yeah. I, it, take over the world is definitely not the thing. The, the thing is, um, like, it's, it's all a bit boring, but... It's like maximize the potential of the of of me and the team to run the best gym we can. Yeah. So, I, I I think we can do a really good job. I think we can do. We're nowhere near it. So that's the, that's the exciting bit. Yeah. But uh, the goal is just to do better and better work. That's what drives me. That's yeah. what gets me up in the morning. Like, 
we still can do way better than this. Let's go and get after it. Yeah. Where do you think that ends? It never does, you know. That's the problem with it because you think it does. I don't you think there's an end point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you think that there's an end point that yeah. you're trying to strive towards, and maybe the illusion of that is what keeps you going. It's like I'm going to get to that pinnacle, uh, yeah. but I don't think it does happen because if it stops being challenging, it gets boring, and then you just add another challenge. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what it's it's hard to get your brain into that. Well, I'm just in this never-ending process until I die, yeah. but. That's a real complexity of life though, isn't it? It's like, you need to be able to sit with that and go, nothing really matters because I'm going to die eventually. Yeah. But because I'm going to die eventually, I can make everything matter and pick what's important to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I guess, you, you know, the whole two-year pandemic thing was a big step back for so many people and yeah. a, a big reflection time. And you, you realise, well, what is it all for? Yeah. And what is actually going to make me uh, really satisfied with my life so um, it was it was a good way it was, it was a good period of time for me personally to look back to take a step back and say you know what's like I'm 41 what am I going to do for the next whatever time I've got yeah. um, to, to build the best thing for myself but also have a life around it that's yeah. fulfilling so um, yeah look it never stops you just could show up every day and try and make it better cool Simple. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, just on something you said there, we'll come back to how things started initially. But um, you mentioned the pandemic. <clears throat> Loads of businesses, not just gyms, have closed since or during mm. the various lockdowns we've had in Ireland and across the world. Um, you stayed open, stayed supporting members. And then whenever lockdown ended, you almost instantly had two more gyms yeah which from the outside looking in is like one crazy and two how did he do that mm. so how did you and how do you build a gym and a business that not only survives but thrives mm. and how did you do it during a global pandemic yeah so the business was under pressure all the way through the pandemic make no mistake about it um, and um like you say we supported members but really members supported us right I mean there's, there was that there was so much uh, goodwill towards the business so um, just endlessly grateful for that we we got lucky to be honest with you like give it six more months we're not like who knows where we'd be then yeah. um, there was a there's a certain amount of uh, playing chicken with the whole thing that the, the longer it went the harder it got for everybody and everybody's like there's so many different personal circumstances for owners that pay into that play into that final thing of whether they can keep going or if they need to stop going and change direction. Um, so it's not just the health of the business. I think I think it's loads of personal things yeah. that went into those decisions. So for for me, it did feel a bit insane expanding in it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like it's it wasn't like um, co completely free of of question, uh, but at the same time. In another way, I kind of feel like it, it is kind of free, like I just hundred percent ready to do it. We we sat down in the second lockdown, um, and uh, I sat down with the with the landlord, the, the guy who owns the business in or the building in Nace, mm -hmm. and had that conversation. Um, and that was a really interesting conversation because he's obviously running a business as well that's in, in lockdown, and. Um, it did feel like, uh, you know, what the hell am I doing here? Like, <laughs> because the second lockdown was miserable, remember? Yeah. Like, the first one... The six weeks. Just there was a bit of a, like, uh, everybody was novelty. terrified, but there was a euphoria around it as yeah. well. We're all off, the sun is shining, we're all out, yeah, and good. and the world stopped. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, there was... It wasn't all great, there was a lot of anxiety around, but it was a mix. The second one just felt like everyone was, like, we, we thought we were out of it, and then yeah. we were back in. And it was a trudge, it was dark, it was wet, it was yeah. horrible. So at that particular time, um, the, the stagnation of the business, the stagnation of life was killing me personally. I found that really challenging. Yeah. Waking up every day saying, there's nothing moving forward. And no matter what I do, I can't move something forward. I have to wait. I'm not good at that. So um, 
there was an element of me saying, I need to force something here. I need to really push something through to get some go forward momentum. Um, I think I, uh, I talked to you before about this, about the, like we were ready two years previously to expand and Fiddle 50 happened and all that sort of stuff. So it, it just things got in the way. So we were, I felt like I'm ready for this in so many ways. Um, and then you have to make a bet. And the bet is when we reopen, we're going to, every, life is going to spring back into action. <laughs> and, you know, and there's a bit like you have to just trust it, right? Uh, that even if, say if it's, I know it's going to be a hard start. That was the, that was the premise. I said, if I sign the lease now, I'm on the hook for 10 years for like, when you sign a lease, you owe the whole 10 year lease. That's that's the pressure of it, mm. um, but you know that um, okay, it's going to be a hard start. It's not going to be easy. That's it. But can I commit to a hard start? And I decided I would. So it was exciting in one way. It's like yes, we're finally getting something done here, and when it does reopen, we've got something really exciting to work towards. Wow, which was which was cool. The, then. <laughs> <laughs> then, as if things weren't complicated enough yeah and let me tell you I hate Christmas right <laughs> personally <laughs> I'm not it, yeah, yeah I'm not a Christmas guy right mm. I, I always find it just a big disruption to everything <laughs> it's a big like <laughs> <laughs> it's like it gets in the way I just wanted to be over with and I hate when people make it a big month long thing right like make it two days and I'm, I'm fine right but the big long month long thing kills me and then when they opened the country for this thing and it put us back in lockdown for, for was it six, six months? months? My my personal frustration with that was pretty high. So I had to just breathe through that one. Right? Because then we we announced the opening of the new gym and then couldn't uh, open it. And then we couldn't open it. And I sat there as a as a fully showroom. as a showroom, as a fake toy gym, it looked like. <laughs> for six months I'm looking at it going, You've oh, got to be kidding me. You know, we hired staff, we had, you know, the whole thing, we were ready. So all of those costs for the new gym went up to 100% as soon as we, um, as soon as we committed to it. With no additional income from uh, members. No, no, no income. Yeah, absolutely. So that it was a hard start. It turned out to be a hard start <laughs> harder than we thought. But uh, it was, but still like, here we are now. I'm absolutely delighted we did it. You know, so... Um, yeah, that was a that was a that was the big decision. Then the other decision came along, yeah. which was number three. Gym number three. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that a month into having two gyms? <laughs> great idea. Yeah, great idea. Yeah. Talk me through it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I guess I went back and forth in my head here. Is it the craziest decision on the planet? to do two new gyms at once or is it the most sensible decision <laughs> because it's just once you're doing it for one you could do it for two right so you think about I'm gonna <laughs> the economy of scale it's like it's not gonna like if I'm running training sessions with coaches maybe I could run them for the two, both teams do you know if I'm gonna order flooring I order it for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. double the cost <laughs> but you know like there's there's ways that you say right if I do this if, if we go into a, an opening phase, there's almost like a six month ramp up, get it settled, get it humming. Yeah. If I well, do it's that- it's hard anyway, so why not make it? Twice as hard. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but, but there's an element of like, after six months, then I'm gonna start that again. Maybe I could just do them both. Just do it all now. Uh, now, there was a, an element of that. Um, it's like when people have kids, isn't it? It's like, let's just get them all done. <laughs> like, have four kids in four years. Mrs. But, stays pregnant for I'm not doing that no <laughs> <laughs> but like that like some people do that they're like we want two kids or three kids or four kids it's going to be hard for the first five years but, but let's what, do that so the difference here is I decided instead of having two kids one after another I'm going to have twins now yeah that was the decision you got to make that decision yeah right. so let's let's do it both at the same time right yeah. so so that was the decision now loads of other things went into that decision because that was a big one that is a job. That's a way more complicated scenario. That third gym. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll get into all that. But that that decision was because it's layered on top of the other. But plus because that situation was more complex on its own. 
So see, whenever you're making these decisions, mm. it, you're obviously quite a cerebral person and you think things through and yeah. you're a bit meta or whatever, but that's a compliment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I compliment. Yeah, that's a compliment. Okay. Um, who's your sounding board? Or do you have one? Yes, I have many. Yeah. I work well with people who I can unload all the, the thoughts. They give me their inputs. And it really helps me then go away and make decisions. So Doreen is obviously top of the list, 100%. Yeah. So um, like, like Doreen's, brilliant. Doreen's brilliant. She's So she's a chemist by trade, right? Yeah. But then she she also manages teams in, like, in Asia, Pacific, and in Europe. And she manages a product globally. And it's, it's a farmer product. Like, it's chemicals. It's not... You know, a run of the mill thing. Yeah, and she's dealing with scientists all the time. She's dealing with salespeople all the time, and and Matt, like she manages teams of managers. So, like her experience is massive on that side of things. So, so from her, like I can go to her with big complex things, and she can easily see them. But then the other funny thing with Doreen, Doreen has run party shops on the side of her job as a thing. Uh, as like a, a global brand manager wow. so I think she also has run a bouncy castle business where she'd be she finish work load the van with six <laughs> bouncy castle drive them to people's houses stop and put them up in the morning come back in the evening collect them like she did that for years it was the biggest bouncy castle business in North Dublin for, wow. for a while so like she has that like entrepreneurial roll up the sleeves let's build something from nothing wow mindset as well so she's like she's a secret weapon for me 100% um, and you know we, we have we have massive rows and debates about it like proper good ones well Dorito doesn't hold back either does she, she? never holds back <laughs> it's amazing it's brilliant um, but then what she's good at like she will push hard an agenda and or a point of view but then at the end of the day she'll be able to go okay that's my that's my input and I'll go perfect thank you and then I can go away and make a decision and that's for me that's how I work best if I get really really uh, solid inputs and even strong opinions that might push back against mine that's really good but then you need the space then I need to go away and think about it and make my decision so doing this big one uh, like other friends of mine like Don Lawless who trains in the gym yeah. Don's a good friend of mine and he has run multiple businesses and has been involved in buying and selling businesses so he was a big sounding board as well. He sat down, gave me some great advice when I was trying to make the decision on gym number three. Um, so he's not all jokes and gags? No, he's a pain in the arse, right, for everyone else. <laughs> he's a good friend of me. <laughs> he's brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, i tell you what he gave me, what his advice was, right? You won't mind me telling you. Because I went to him having researched, because we obviously bought the third gym. And it's like, how do I buy a gym? Yeah, we're going to get into that now. Yeah. It? I had to go research like how like how do you value it how do you everything obviously I didn't know anything mm. and there's all of these formulas that different things use like percentage of annual revenue there's you know there's the, 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 there's formulas based on the cost of run the business based on profits there's those different ways so I was going through all these things and when I sat down with Donald he was like yeah 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 all that stuff yeah 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 but also forget about all that stuff you know what it takes to run a successful gym of this this nature, this type of business. You know it. You know how much it costs. You know how much it can earn. You know everything about it. You're the expert in this area. Yeah. No one else. So go and remind yourself of that. That's all you need to say. It was really clear. Because then I could just go, okay, now I just need to go lean on what I already know. Easiest thing in the world. Deadly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Donald's a big friend, and he's been, and and there's other people, like Kevin, another friend of mine, who's, you know, he operates at a high level. He's he's always a great sounding board. But his friends and family and people around me, like my parents, brilliant as well. So I do go and get loads of inputs, put it all into the pot, and then have a good think about it. Sweet, cool. So, gym number two is a shell, and you build it, the boo away, and then you're trying to get people into it. But gym number three is a fully functioning, already running until the day you take it over. It closed for what, two days? 
Yeah. So it was a CrossFit gym, and then you just changed it to CrossFit Bua. Pretty much over a weekend. Yeah, over a weekend, yeah. yeah. How, why, what's the difference? Yeah, so this is the cool challenge, right? We've bootstrapped gym one. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's two, it's an empty shell for two years, and then you have to gradually claw your way into making it into a business. Make all the mistakes. Yeah. Ten years later, you've got a functioning business that is doing well. Then you've got the second gym, which is, let's try and replicate that from scratch, but... Let's go and like we didn't, we didn't go in with it, like concrete floors and. Yeah, you're able to make it look pretty from the get go. Right off the bat, you can build it how you want it, yeah. which was a real luxury. And then this third, this some third scenario where we've got an existing ten year affiliate with an existing membership based and an existing culture norms, everything that are that has been built over their ten years exists, and now two days later it becomes into. <laughs> The Bua, the, the Bua family of gyms, yeah. and which is different to it's different, of course. Yeah. These these businesses, these gyms, are driven by the owner. The owner's personality is all over their stamp, is all over everything. Yeah, and like West Dublin was Lorna's gym through and through. Like it's it was it was like her left arm. Yeah, do you know? Like it was a really driven by Lorna, so. I guess for me, we said it earlier, when is the end point? Well, you've got to keep giving yourself new challenges. This was a big challenge for me. Right? Can, I, can I take an existing community and then over time start uh, I guess infusing that with the Bua culture and bring them along, along with us? And that's the leadership challenge that was so compelling to me. Wow. That's hard. Mm. Because you, you don't have... like. The members of Boo West Dublin are not a monolith. They're not a single thing. Yeah, they are all individual people. Mm-hmm. With their, they're all their own different connection relationship with CrossFit West Dublin yeah. and with Lorna and with the building and all of those things. So um, it's like I knew it was going to take time. I want to really respect what's gone before, but then I also it needs to be us. Like I need to commit it to being yeah. a Boo gym because that's who we are. It says Boo on the door. Over the door now, and it's our team and it's our culture driving it forward. But there's, then there's that meeting the people where they are as well and saying, Right, well, um, can we take as much of the good of what's gone before and bring that with us because there's so much value there? Yeah, and then also, can we show you what, what works well at Bua and bring you on that journey too? So, man, what a challenge! <laughs> what a challenge! It's very cool, yeah. Um, so I, I think that's what been the most that was one of the most uh, compelling pieces to making that decision it's like I would love to take that on cool can we tie it all back so you're you're leaving the gym you're working in that you're renting space in that you're doing CrossFit without doing CrossFit kind of thing in the corner you open a gym mm. so your initial role is coach cleaner owner like you do all the stuff yeah. clean the jacks you move the floor 16 times a day yeah. you coach all the classes all of that stuff bringing that to now where you don't have a regular class schedule mm. you do a lot of leadership stuff like you were saying and culture stuff and that that shift from all the coaching to now where it's almost no coaching mm. Was that a conscious shift, or is it a natural development in someone who's entrepreneurial? Yeah, like much, it's much more a natural progression, and it was something that I didn't think I'd end up doing. Is because the, the whole point of me opening the gym was I get to coach more. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Couldn't I, it's the thing I love most. Uh, so, uh, but what you do realize is that. The, the demands of the whole business start making it more and more difficult to do well yeah. and it also you see that there are parts of the business that are getting neglected because you're because you're doing the coaching all the time and it becomes irresponsible to be honest with you to the whole business because you're neglecting things that are important to other people yeah. 
and it's a bit self-indulgent to be like, I want to be the guy in front of the class all the time, having the fun, right? So you say, okay, I'm going to have to dial back a little bit and go and um, take care of this other stuff over here, which I don't want to do. I do not want to be on my laptop ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate the thing. Yeah. But it's where I end up. So, I mean... But now I just see my coach, like I'm coaching coaches now. That's where I do my coaching. And what I see happening, like a member asked me recently, like, why are you not doing classes anymore? When are you going to get back to it? Yeah. And I said to them, I'm never. And they said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was like, a, you know, a two-year, three-year yeah. sabbatical so I can get them sorted, so I can get back to it. <laughs> and it dawned on them and they asked me why. I'm like, well... Like, the coaches can coach a great class, but they can't do all the things, the other things I have to do. Yeah. Like, they can't make the decision. They can't deal with my tax accountant. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I have to do that. Yeah. Like, oh, there's all the other things that enable the thing to run really well um, that they can't do. Only I can do it. So what I can do, though, is keep inputting into the coaches so that the classes they deliver are better and better and better. Um, so that the person who comes training here have a great environment everything runs smooth looks great and their classes are great so there's there is that realisation over time that uh, I can't do all the, the coaching and if I am I'm holding the place where it is I'm the, the obstacle to it yeah. growing wow yeah when did that realisation happen then? Uh, 2015 wow that was a more specific answer than I thought I was going yeah. to get there yeah so what uh, was the thing what was the was there a moment uh, there was a few moments people saying go and fucking hire someone <laughs> <laughs> you need to hire people and, and I and I went I don't have the money to hire people and I said yeah that's because you haven't hired people yeah it's it's one of those things <laughs> I can't afford it but you can't afford not to because otherwise you're not going anywhere yeah man and it was one I had to wrestle with personally and then I had to had to like I get inputs from people I said I, yeah. I told you and I even had to fight back other opinions people were like are you sure are you sure I'm like I'm just doing it and I'm going to have to hold my nose through it and hopefully we can pay the bills and pay the rent but I'm pretty sure if I do this like I had to say I had to convince myself to hire front desk staff right? now that's somebody who is not going to coach a class I never thought I was going to be able to hire someone who's not actually delivering classes but that took two years for me to make that decision after being told originally, you need to hire. Wow. Yeah. So th those sort of roles that are not delivering product on the floor. Hard. Yeah, to justify them. But now I'm bought in. Now I'm like, they are the roles that really uh, dial up the effectiveness of the coaches who are on the floor. Because the coaches on the floor are the most important people here. Make no mistake. Right. They are the heart and soul of the business. They won't make everything go well. But they need support yeah. around them. And once there's a rationale that I think that is going to make, it has to be an economic engine on its own. So if, if I say there's someone at front desk, um, everyone's going to be happier because they're more supported. Their experience here is just less friction. Mm. They come in and they can do whatever. Uh, it's, it, it starts to make sense. So it, 2015 was like I need to start hiring coaches because if I keep doing this like the gym swelled from 60 members to 80 members would shrink back to 60 would swell to 80 and it did this for a couple of years and I, I was looking at it the trend and I'm saying what is it with that 80 mark that I run into a ceiling and it was quite obvious to me right at 80 that's where my relationships with people thin out I don't get around to people enough to really give them the the attention they need and deserve to stick around. Yeah. It swells, I get spread too thin, people drop off, it shrinks back down, then I can give people the right attention, it grows, and it was that. Yeah. So it's like, I need other people doing my role as well. And it was a game changer. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good realization. Yeah. Great, <laughs> and because that was the start of building a team, yeah. And having a team of coaches is so much more uh, rewarding to come into work to every day. 
because it's really about the people yeah. and you get a team of people that's amazing yeah. that was the start of it savage cool let's go into like uh, more businessy stuff because we always get sucked down the, the people around yeah 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 because that's what we're, we're interested in um so let's start at the start crossfit swords that was your first gym was it you were immediately a crossfit gym no we no. were no uh, for a few months we were cross training swords <laughs> no way yeah because we i knew we were going to affiliate i knew i can't remember why ah, it was a money thing yeah. it's like i'm gonna have to affiliate but i have to open the gym first get some business in and then affiliate because you pay for it yeah. um so it was like well can i name it something as a placeholder so i can very quickly switch over yeah. and it was cross training swords why swords because I was renting space in that other gym in Swords. Oh, so all my cl- clients lived around there. Fair. That makes sense. Yeah, it was a real, just, that's where all my client base was. And what was in your first gym? What was in it? Yeah, the, the building, the facility. What was it? We had eight kettlebells. Nice. We had two barbells, two training, bar- you know the eight kilo ones? Two, two training barbells as well. So four in total. We had two two squat racks that were like hundred quid each. Argos ones. Nice. Beautiful. And we had you know the red and blue mats that are downstairs, the sixteen yeah. mats. Yeah, them. Yeah. And, and then a month later, we put up a friend of mine, Barry, who was a furniture uh, bespoke furniture designer maker. He made pull up rig for me. He said we're going to get some mild steel, the cheapest shit of steel we can find, and. Over the weekend, we'll make cut it. it, make it. So, um, made it. We, he made it, and I held things for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we put it on the wall, and that was what we had. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was really bare bones. So, do you know what was great about it? I had to just coach movement. It was movement coaching. Um, uh, the, the, the old, the next bit of kit was the wall balls. No way. And we made them. I sorry, I made them. There's no we back then. I made them. How did you make wobbles? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> basketballs. Yeah. In Smiths for four euros, cheapest basketballs you go find. Puncture it. Fill it. Go to the beach in Scaries. No way. And get loads of sand, and bring it home. Get a funnel, and put it in the funnel, and then you wrap it in duct tape. A lot of duct tape. Oh, <laughs> right so uh, and you weigh it you fill it as much as you want and you weigh it but here's what happened right I got the funnel I put it in the basketball I poured the sand in and it went clump yeah, and right it just clumped bottom. no it didn't go through like not even one grain went through Stop. because and it felt like dry sand but it wasn't actually dry right <sighs> so here's what I had to do right <laughs> every morning before I'd go to the gym for an hour every morning I would Fill no, no. I fill a frying pan with sand and stir it. And it took it about dried. it took about ten minutes to to dry out a frying pan full of sand, and it would just sh- sail through the thing. So no, so satisfying, no right? That is gas. About for about two months, I did it every day, <laughs> and I ended up with like five wobbles. Oh, no. <laughs> but then we have wobbles in your wobbles, and you know, wobble in the face. You did not want them in the face. No. That was like sand filled. Like, yeah, but it got us through the first year. So that was the cool thing about CrossFit back in what 2010, 2011. That was the cool thing. Yeah, that was awesome. It was like none of this leisure club. No carpets. No carpets. Yeah. Like you, you walked into the room and it was like you do, you do stuff here. There's yeah. no mirrors and none of that. And CrossFit's obviously evolved loads, and mm. you've obviously evolved the gyms with that. Where they, you walk in here and they do look great now. Yeah, but there's still a, a hint of, well, not a hint. You do work here. Yeah. There's, there's no mirrors and posing or. There's still ropes hanging out of the ceiling, right? Yeah, fun stuff like that. So where does that evolution happen? Did because there was a bit of a CrossFit revolution where things started to change and you had to have a nice looking gym and good equipment and keep it clean and everything where did that happen for you where you were like or was that always a thing yeah no that passed me by completely because it wasn't a thing that lived 
inside a gym that was actually growing because it just the your obsession every single week is can I how, do I have any money to spend on this place wow. and any money you spend you have you spend on it so it naturally just goes that way so it wasn't that oh I'm looking at the industry now people are, are looking for nicer and nicer setups it's not, it's not about that. It's like, I come in every day, look at the fucking state of that corner. Mm. Or I really need a shelf and a rower and a hoover and a this. What can I get next? So there's a natural evolution within the business that just you just want it better and better and better. That continues now. So that's what drove the industry standards up because owners just were doing that anyway. They were just doing that anyway. So then, therefore, if someone new comes along in 2016, I'm going to open a CrossFit gym. When you go look around, they're just nicer. And you're like, I need to get it looking like that. Yeah. When I opened it, there was so many garage CrossFit gyms. Like, they're just garage gyms. The concrete, bare concrete floor and the cinder block walls was like, I don't need anything other than that. I just need some heavy things so I can get people stronger. Yeah. So, uh, it's. I think it'll continue to evolve. They'll get plusher and nicer and nicer. That's probably a good thing. Once. Do you think they'll still go that way? Yeah. I think, like, I think the, like, thrusters and snatching and ring muscle-ups were such a weird thing back then. Now it's the norm. Now you're going to fly fit and there's rings and there's, yeah. like, it's not a strange thing. So now the gyms that operate in that sort of a training space, they need to be, they need to meet a certain standard. Yeah. And I think it'll only get higher. Like, you'll just get, I think... You're, what you see now is the newer gyms are super like um, it's like hipsters or hipsters trained there people wear quarter lens trousers and, and uh, neck tattoos what are you trying to say <laughs> you know but you know they have, they have like, like you know um, what's that like distressed timber on the wall and all that sort of stuff distressed timber yeah, timber. Called, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all that I sort of stuff where, where it gets fa- fancier and fancier so project out then yeah 10 years from now mm. Is there booze with distressed timber on the wall? I don't know. But, so, um, you know the look of Boo, right? It's it's pretty clean, clean. And, and empty. Yeah. I want empty Minimum. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want as much empty space because it's about movement. So, uh, all our gyms have high ceilings, double height ceilings, because I want a feeling that you can breathe in the place because we're going to breathe a lot. I want a lot of empty floor space wherever we can and then gear that works. Right, so uh, I like it. I like it simple, and I can imagine it's going to stay pretty simple. But hopefully, it gets nicer. Like, yeah, hopefully, we look back at our current facility. And go, oh, remember that place? Do you know, and yeah. like, look back a bit, like it's from the Stone Age. So, do you think this is kind of almost be a HQ at the minute, right? Yeah. Century, it's like, yeah, because we're the first one. We're not the first one, but yeah, the first Buell was. Yeah, it yeah. is where the first Buell was. Yeah. It was sores before that, before you moved. Yeah. So you mentioned like ten year leases earlier. Mm. When's your lease up here? Oh, we've another uh, another six or seven years on this. Just to put you on the spot, what's the goal? What's the plan then? Or have you not even um, nailed that down? So um, it's it's kind of a funny one. I I always have a craving for a bit more space. Yeah. Um, but also I think it's the perfect size. You know what I mean? I have a craving for space. I think it's perfect, though, size-wise. Because, and, and Khalifa always says, says, our gym is the model. If you go, like, he's gone to 10,000 and 27,000 square foot, he said it's a nightmare. And he, it lost its environment, it lost its, its, its vibe. So he, he brought it back down to what we are now. And I can see where he comes from, because... Um, and you're bigger than this, you kind of get lost in it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, and we feel it a bit in, in Nace at the moment, because it's a big gym, and it's only starting up, the community is not big yet, that we're, we're kind of rattling around in the space a bit. When that fills out a bit more, it's gonna feel amazing. Yeah. But until then, I think it's not optimal right now because it's bigger than it needs to be. So is there a ratio of like size to like facility to members? There there would be, like, like West Dublin is a pretty good size for the membership base there now. Wow. It's pretty good. We There's room to grow within that building, but we will get to a point where that building is, is we're going to be busting out the seams yeah. and we'll find more space, 100%. Um, more space, say for, for Sandry here, perfect amount of space for what we do right now. If we had a, an extra room for training that could go on 
while glasses are on that would be nice yeah like extra work performance style stuff yeah that would be cool that would be but um, as it is right now it's pretty good mm. uh, at the end of the lease who knows I'd, I'd like to buy a building that'd be nice so we have a bit more control over everything yeah. um, even though our landlords are great here honestly it's, it's the best we've, like, we've had crazy landlords in the past it's pretty damn good right now yeah. but still I'd like to have a bigger car park and all that sort of stuff yeah you know fair um, what was I going to ask you there something about oh so the CrossFit thing right yeah we do group classes yeah there's no one to one training or anything like that here there's, no there's loads of it just not paid loads of it yeah just not paid and I think that's the that because you don't book an appointment for a person training session hand over money they can feel like it's only groups going on yeah. but I've spent hours this week with people one on one and I've seen coaches spend time with people one on one there is yeah there's no, so let me rephrase that yeah. there isn't the, the paid side of it and it's not oh, instead of class I'm going to do a session with Jamie exactly it's like after class or before class I get 5-10 minutes or 15 minutes of Jamie's time or Jack's time or whatever or come in for open gym and spend 2 hours with a coach Mm-hmm. like there's there's that too yeah. look the one to one stuff for me um, is so it's so important and it's where coaches get to do their best work as well yeah uh, so um, what I like you know the model here is come to class because so much of the good stuff is taken care of but then go seeking coaching like mm-hmm. go to a coach and ask can you work with me on something yeah. and that's what that's what the model is why why mm. why because um, there's loads of models out there right yeah there's personal training there's small group training there's the group classes we do um, and then there's different we can get into this as well if you want there's different methodologies yeah there's CrossFit there's functional bodybuilding there's mm low intensity functional yeah so I so I think what we want to do here is not uh, become an aesthetics based gym it's not our focus mm-hmm. if you train like an athlete and eat like an athlete mm-hmm. you're going to look like an athlete yeah it's funny that isn't it yeah it's weird right but that's it's a byproduct for me yeah. I used to do personal training for years and everyone who came to personal training all they wanted was I want to be leaner and I want to look better mm-hmm. and it nearly killed me because yeah. I don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> honestly I don't it's not my focus what I care about is uh, is people being more athletic mm. and healthier and having like the training that we do having an impact on your life outside of the gym yeah. it's always been a thing for me so that's why that's if that's a central goal then it has to be about movement coaching. If it's about movement coaching um, and GPP, we use this phrase, general general physical preparedness, that means that we're building people who are great generalists. And I think as an approach to life, I think it's a great approach to life. Yeah. Once we specialize, it can be very, very um, appealing to specialize in areas, which is a huge cost to specializing. Yeah. And I think um, our role in people's lives is one to build their general physical preparedness and their general physical health. I think in a group environment, it's part of the picture of general physical health is being in that community. We're a group species. Absolutely, we're social animals. And uh, I only talked to uh, Katrina last night about this. Katrina Mills was talking about it and she was saying like, she goes to work and she sees people and then she comes here and she sees people and she goes home and sees people she has people all through her life yeah and she said she sees other people who are go to work and then they go home and they don't have that social connection a third place outside of work and she can see the effect it has that um so i think it's i think it's so huge in people's lives it's huge in my life having all these people around us so the collective thing is massive. Once we start going into hyper individualization, then we're into performance coaching, 
which we do here as well. But if it's only performance coaching, then I have to ask, what's, what are you trying to improve performance for? And usually people don't have a good answer for that. They have like, because I want to get stronger. For what? And there's no answer beyond that. It's because you get caught in that loop of just adding five kilos to your back score. And there's at a certain point you're piling energy into something that is not really changing anything for you. Returns, isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, uh, I don't know, I think if we look big picture, I think uh, can we make a positive impact on people's lives? I think this is the best way to do it. I also think you know the group culture thing can be a powerful tool yeah. for us all. It can be really powerful yeah. in that if I'm in a group where the norm is that we eat vegetables, it's better to be in that group than the norm that where the norm is that we drink two liters of coke a day. Yeah. Like those two groups, one I prefer to be in, right? Yeah. Because it's not necessarily my just natural default setting to go and eat lots of vegetables. So if I'm in a group where that's the norm, I might just do a bit more. So the group, the group thing for us all is a powerful tool, yeah. even though it's, it's, it can be hard. Mm-hmm. Like being in a group's hard at times. Yeah. It was worth it. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Mimetic desire is a hell of a drug, isn't it? It's like you see what you want from other people, you go do that. Yeah. Vegetables and CrossFit. Yeah. It's really good formula. Yeah, it's a good formula. Yeah, yeah. for looking good, feeling good. Yeah. Works for me. Um... If someone was to come to you now that you liked and that you had time for and they were like, Jamie, I'm going to open a gym. Mm. What's your advice? Oh, goodness. What's the advice for someone to open a gym? Yeah. Top three tips. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a blog post. Um, I always start with, are you good at what you do? because I think you got to be good at what you do. And if you're not there yet, you shouldn't do it. I think you got to get to a point where you're like, I know I have tons of value that I can offer if I open a business. Cool, can I push back on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who are great at what they do and don't know. Yeah. How do you know? Is that where other people comes in and they're like I think I think you have to know you, you have to know from the all the feedback so and, and the feedback is are people paying you for it yeah. if people are not paying you for your service don't start a business <laughs> so I have it here actually that's interesting you say that build it and they won't come not a real thing uh, if you're really good they will <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but like just Joe Blogs mm. builds a gym but doesn't have a personal training client so, base or something so like that already. I, I was coaching every day of my life for 12 years before I opened it. Yeah. Every day. Hours and hours and hours and hours of coaching. Yeah. And when I look back, was I a good coach then? I had I had some good things going for me. Enough to open a business. Yeah. But nowhere near like a fully formed coach. But it's, And that was 12 years of hammering on it, really caring about it every day. Um, so I knew that I could probably do it because I had personal training clients come and pay me 60 euros an hour. And I had like a good client base and I had it sustained over years. So there is a, a confidence that comes from that. It concerns me when I see people come straight out of a course, they've got a qualification and there's such a self-starter mentality these days, which is cool, I like that. People wanna get going, but they're maybe not equipped for it. And they dive in, I'm going to be an online coach or I'm going to be a PT and I'm going to get my branding done and I'm going to get my Instagram done. And it's it's a great, like, I love the attitude of it. But if nine months in, you're broke and you're banging your head against a brick wall and you're still doing, you know, sessions for your sister's friend for no, no money, it can get, like, it can put you off the whole thing. If you're not ready for it and that's the that's the shame of it it's like if you go and do the hours and go and do a few years working somewhere learn your the whole thing it'll naturally come to a point where you're like i'm ready now yeah cool i get you so on the person then say someone has been doing it for years they've worked in gyms yeah love what they do and they're like right i need to open a gym i'm doing it yeah 
now what's your advice to them so they love what they do they're good at it yeah think about it all day all night yeah I would say to start off with um, this might be this might be terrible advice right <laughs> um, but this is what I did I said I know all of the business stuff is really important but really what's important is the product what's important is the training yeah. that will come through so how I deal with people and the product I deliver is central and like you'd go back to that gym the floor was always swept fucking four times a day I swept it right like it was organised it was tidy but go into the bathrooms and there were sometimes there's no toilet paper now. sometimes they needed to be cleaned and like I wasn't perfect and then people will tell you was the the were the finances all squared away perfect like Dorina was was helping me with that stuff I you know I'd forget things I'd be, I'd be late on other things I wouldn't be keeping track as but all of that stuff not perfect but the training was good and we deal with people so you know you have the fallback of if I miss this this month at least I know that I'm going to have all of this to make sure that next month I know that I that I have to do that thing. You need customers. Yeah. I have customers. Yeah. If nothing else, I have customers. Yeah. And they're happy and they're telling other people that they're happy. You don't have a business without customers. So you have to take care of people and deliver. That's a great line. You don't have a business without customers. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've talked to a lot of coaches actually over the years as well. And it's like, they're just, like you said, they're just off a course. Mm. PT in their Instagram bio or Facebook bio back in the day. And then it's like, I'm getting my branding done. I'm paying so-and-so 200 quid to do this for me. I'm setting up my website. Mm-hmm. But what's going on your website? Like, you, you haven't done anything before. Yeah. What are you putting in it? Yes. I like sports and I'm going It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to start like that, you know? And uh, look, we're, we're a bit... Of, <laughs> we're doing our website. What do we put on our website? It's really hard. Yeah, loads it's, of stuff look, to put on the website. Yeah, we, we do, but it's hard. Like, yeah. all of that stuff is hard. It's my, my point. For a starter person... I, I always love the attitude, genuinely. I'm like, yes, go and get it for yourself because the barriers to entry have never been lower. Like, amazing. But then on the other side, I'm like, do you have the support? Do you have the knowledge? Do you have the, the value to add, um, to attract customers, keep them, and get the, the word out there? It's tough. So you got to keep the main thing the main thing, don't you? Keep the thing the thing, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like so, from a... Let's take it a step further on that. Yeah. So you advise your mate, go open the gym, focus on the customer side of things. Yeah. Dead. Then they come back to you in six months' time and they're like, I've got this many members. Yeah. But I'm platoon. Mm. What do I do? Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's a great question. So where do you go from there? Yeah. Start cleaning your toilets. <laughs> <laughs> get your finance sorted out. Get a customer acquisition strategy. Get customer a customer acquisition strategy. strategy. Like, how am I getting new customers? And then customer retention strategy. How am I keeping customers? And all of those things. And those things might sound really like fancy, or even they're a bit icky, uh, businessy things, right? Oh, it's like all everyone's customers. Yeah. But really, the the retention thing is. Are they getting great training every day? Am I talking to them every day? If when I don't see them, kind of follow up like they're the things. It's it's. Are you signed? And does your shit work? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And then, I, like you know, Instagram for instance for us has always been a thing. We've always put some energy into it, but I don't think it's where we get most of our customers. It's a bit counterintuitive. Like when we do the analysis, it's not where we get them. So then you need to have a deliberate strategy around well, how are we getting them and. The vast majority is word of mouth for sure, mm-hmm. but then you also got to go out and reach people who have never heard of you. So, like, like those sort of things start becoming the yeah. the important stuff. Well, that's yeah. From all the business stuff that I've read in the past, if you want real reliable growth and consistency in client bases, it tends it in this industry. It has to be referrals. It has to be. Katrina told her mate who told her mate who told her mate and it just yeah goes down the line and not only do they bring a friend but they stay and that friend brings a friend yeah. and they stay and that's 
Yeah, absolutely. Now there is a there is a point at which the business is there is a, a critical mass you have to reach yeah. for that to be your main way of finding people. If you have twenty people, and two it's a bit harder, way harder. If two of them refer someone, then you go to twenty two. You see how slow the growth is there. If you have one hundred and sixty people, and ten percent of them. Like there's a big difference there, right? So uh, there is a critical mass of which, uh, you know, if you're if you're still starting out and you've got a small group of, of customers, there is an element of just needing to go out and let the people in the in the area know that you exist and who you are. So uh, you have to be quite deliberate about it at that point, for sure. Yeah. But you still have to do all the other stuff, right? Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, I only have one more question for you. Okay. Would you do it again? Do what again? Bua. Go back to the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, if it, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think what's interesting is like we've we've gone from one to two to three. Mm-hmm. We've gone two and three to make sure that like Bua one can only pay for so much. Yeah, and that's really when we're talking about it. The more interesting work we talked about before, which is can it pay for jobs can we hire people who can do more interesting work with us like we're hiring a nutritionist right now who is not going to coach a class in any of our locations that's possible because we have three gyms not because one so I guess it's interesting would you expand again would you make the decision in lockdown two and then lockdown three to expand and then to buy 100% because right away we're starting to see like it is a big challenge and there's loads of work to be done we're only getting going with it. Yeah. So much more work to be done with, to get that really flowing. But I'm already really excited about where it's going. I think if we were, say another gym came up for sale, would we do it again? Absolutely. Tomorrow? Absolutely not. So <laughs> <laughs> what to say, any gym owners looking for a way yeah. out? Yeah, in a few years. <laughs> in a few years. But So I think as an experience of like opening a second at this point has been a really positive one experience of buying one has been really positive so i think if there is further expansion to happen i think we'd definitely do it again in either way i could see myself buying another gym or opening another one from scratch because both have been really good so far sorry can i ask one more question yeah this might put you on the spot a little bit deadly go for it if you could change one thing in the past 10 years Oh, in the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lordy, Lord. Business-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like about the clothes you wear or shit like that? Um, change one thing. Like, my, my instinct says no, because, you know, you don't... You me- wouldn't be here if yeah, you... Yeah, all that. But I think... But there's loads of things we could have done better. Like, I think how well I managed people in the early days when we did hire eventually... That took me a while to learn. Mm. I think everyone does, right? When you go from just you to you plus people. I think um, going and getting some support around that earlier would have been better. Yeah. Because people who worked here in the past probably didn't get best served by working here. Yeah, so if you could have accelerated that part of, like, the leadership side of you is pretty good now, I think. Okay. Compliment. Thank you. If you could, so it would be take that back and get that earlier on in your leadership career. That's what you would change. Ask me that again. <laughs> so the leader you are now yeah. to your staff, mm. you try and be closer to this level sooner. Yeah. But how could, that couldn't have happened. How could you have done that? Because Yeah, because, because I went and did get I did sit down with people who were yeah, good. Yeah, but like, let's go back to yeah. what you were saying earlier. I, you need to focus on doing the thing well. Yeah. You need to get the equipment in line. And yeah, that yeah, yeah. So yeah. you wouldn't have had. Yeah, I might not have had. You'd the have bandwidth. had to make a hire earlier. Yeah, I, I would have had to. Yeah, I would have had to have the bandwidth to do it at the time, and yeah. I was, and there's been a no point where I'm sailing along, going, "This is grand, actually." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I have free time to yeah. become better. It's, it's, it's never been that, yeah. So that, that's what I mean. Like, you know, I can't see like... Could really. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe if, if I... There's a bit of luck, you know, having the right people around you at the right time has been very lucky at times for me. Yeah. So, um, but I do think that's something that when I look back, I go, God almighty, I was terrible at that back then. And I would have loved to have been better for the people that were there. I suppose that's a good position to be in as well, though, isn't it? Where, like, you're going, I was shit. Kind of implies that you're at least less shit at it now. You're less less shit now. I think less shit is probably a good way to describe yeah. it. Growth. <laughs> Dead. What a way to end. Less shit. Less shit, yeah. The, the <laughs> brew of philosophy. Yeah. Be less shit. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, James.